bodies in the middle. Checks back against Carter and scores. That is atypical for the Amina Margot. Hello everyone and welcome to another Vic Acres Wonderland podcast episode spectacular. Yes, it's me, Adam. I'm back in the hosting chair and we're going to, with this episode, we're going to be going over the Arsenal Brighton game. Um, but I have to start with an apology. Um, in the last episode, we were beset by uh, technical issues, hotel Wi-Fi playing up as usual and uh, the location may have changed but the difficulty shall remain because unlike the hotel, I'm now the one with technical difficulties. I have a cough and a cold and I'm feeling distinctly under weather, but no matter because to help me get through this pod is the magnificent Matt. Um, Matt, thanks for jumping on and helping me out on this one. Hope your week's gone a bit better than mine. <laughs> yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting one um, on, on and off the pitch. Just really looking forward to talk about the women's game as a usual. And that's the most important thing. Yeah, me, me too, me too, and hopefully uh, a nice, nice one hour plus discussion talking about the Arsenal women uh, will help ease the the pain in my cranium and in my throat. But we shall persevere, nonetheless. Um, for those of you who may have not been following the Arsenal women's Twitter feed, uh, Fremi has brought out his latest uh, carpool episode, and it's Alessia Russo, our number twenty three, who has uh, had the honour of setting foot in his uh, taking a ride in his carpool. And do the usual scrapes, you know, talking about her uh, her, uh, her time at Arsenal so far and, and the, the karaoke songs. No, I'm not going to make Matt do a karaoke. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. But I am going to ask him, um, who would you like to see next? Jump in the carpool with Frimmy. Who would you like to have interviewed and know a bit more about? I, I think it's time to bring some of the players that aren't, are really quite shy or that we haven't seen on camera very much. So... Leia Cardina, mm. uh, Catherine Cole. Um, I don't, I, Vic seems to be very comfortable with media at the moment, so I probably not wouldn't say Vic at the moment. <laughs> um, you know what? I'd love to hear, hear what Noel would say as well. Mm. Well, uh, those who have watched the episode and do it is worth watching. I do recommend it. Um, Russo says that she likes uh, she's got gone on really well with Palova and the fact that she you know, she put forward her name and yes I think I think she's a bit of a joker I think she gone quite well I'd quite like to see Kim Litton on it because so many yeah. of the players oh, so many it's, it's all very it's all very sort of japes and, and laughable and jokey but for me Kim has always been this very serious sort of you know if, if the class was in chaos she'll be the one sort of like rolling her eyes at everyone and carrying on for studying sort of a <laughs> yeah. sorry sorry sir sorry the class is a mess i do i will try to learn the algebra you know focus on the task not on the fun so I'll, I'll, i'd like to see how that that would clash or mesh with uh from his very outgoing shall we say personality um but i loved it it was a good laugh and i can't wait for the next one and hopefully that uh uh, triggers a, a good also run for maybe for Russo maybe a good luck ride she's obviously scored again uh, against Leicester 
And uh, we did learn an interesting, interesting thing about Russo for the number 23 is because he's a Michael Jordan fan who also was uh, Sol Campbell. Remember, was a, that's why he chose the 23 shirt as well. So, yeah, it was a good episode. Thoroughly recommend. Uh, but we are we begin, as we always do, with the news. Um, there has been some. I know we've barely, it's barely been a few days since our last pod, but news has broken. And there is only one story. We, we have half covered it, but I didn't want to just briefly touch on it, that the worst kept secret in women's football has been uh, released. And that is that Emma Hayes will be the next UN's UN, UN. <laughs> that is that I want to see the a UN football team, the US women's national team. Um, Matt, they've um, they've pulled off a real coup here, haven't they, America? Yes, but also no, because you think about well, she, she's trying to do as much as she can. She's gone out and she's won as many titles and with and trophies with Chelsea, the only one that loses her, the Champions League. So, um, I think she knew it was going to be a matter of time, but at the same time, um, it depends on who's going to be coming in, who who's going to be leaving. There's an opportunity that hot, there's about eight of their players that are going to be leaving, could potentially be leaving at the end of the, their, their contracts. Some of them very key. So it's, uh, I think a lot of them will probably be questioning what they're going to do. Whether the neck, whether or not mm. it's going to be over the next seven months now, because we're in uh, November. But I'll be intrigued to see what happens because it could be a total upheaval, and you kind of question some of the players that have come in as well because it's the likes of Ashley Lawrence, who's it's her first season. Would she be questioning? Well, Alma Hayes brought me to the club, and mm. I don't know if anyone would be willing to keep keep me on. Um, but I'll be intrigued to see how it goes. But when it comes to the US, it's I would probably say it's the hardest job because of how egotistic um, they are. We're within their rights being so egotistic. They've won the World Cup. Well, I get that, but I would say she's almost the perfect manager because she's because of the, the environment, the winning culture that she's instilled at Chelsea and the the big names at Chelsea. And that's yeah, she's got Sam Kerr in the team, probably one of the biggest names. She's had she's had Penilla Harder in that mm-hmm. team. Um, you think that she would be able to manage a team of egos like the United States, where again, winning is everything. You know, winning is something Emma demands in every game, and so do the players. You think that's a match made in heaven? You would, but at the same time, the the problem with I would probably say the Americas is the US are considered the biggest team out mm. of everyone. Uh, was bear in mind that they. Actually, oddly enough, I've just put on on there the contracts. They announced the contract, and it was one point six million. Mm. And compare that to what I believe I believe Southgate's on one point four million, and Serena's on point four million a year. Yeah. And, and considering Serena's won the Euros and got to a World Cup final, something that Southgate has yet to do with England, <laughs> uh, not to point holes or anything, but yeah, poke holes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just sort of you've got a win, well uh, you've got a winning coach on your hands and you're paying a, less than half of what you're paying a man that's, well, that's only got in semi-finals and finals that's 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 a that's another puddle together the yeah. uh, the disparity between our our England managers um I think it's a shrewd move by the USA I think they've they've gone for when we when we got Serena Wiegmann into the England team it was talk mm. of like we've got the best in class manager we wanted we wanted a manager who could win the Euros 
in our home nation. What did we do? We bought a manager who won the Euros in home nation. With America, they've gone, right, we want to get the most successful women's manager recently who's had you know, sustained, not just like a flash of the pan of one more trophy, like sustained domestic success and look no further than Emma Hayes, who's taken Chelsea from, who were you know, at the lower end of the WSL to regular first place finishes. I mean, the last time they didn't finish top was when we won the league and they finished third that season. But after that, it's just been win, 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 title, 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 um, apart from a European trophy. But I will be intrigued to see how it goes because it could it could be a match made in heaven, but then I imagine, say, I mean, it could all fall apart. There is the element of, I don't know if I want it to succeed or not. I don't wish ill on people, but um, this is going to be the element of Arsenal rivalry. Of it'll be interesting to see how Emma operates without a checkbook, who can just buy the players that she wants. Yeah, I do think she. I do think she. She's definitely got the. Um, I definitely think she could. She could got the the mental strength and the ego to to manage these players. Um, but where is is the team good enough at the moment? Because they are, you know, transitioning out a lot of the older players. New players are coming in, younger players who don't have that winning experience. How you know, winning at, at the international level? Um, are the US going to give her time? Um, I'm going to watch this one with uh, with great interest. I'm very, like, as you've said, uh, and I will steal your phrase, very intrigued to how it's going to turn out. Um, I, I think there will be lots of moments where, as an Arsenal fan looking at next Chelsea manager, I think there'll be plenty of moments where we're going to have a laugh at. But I do think it's going to be a success. I, I do think she's good. And, and she got unfinished business because she's tried she tried managing I think, in the, in the NWSL um, mm-hmm. years ago before she came to Chelsea and it didn't go so well. And I, I think uh, the, the US women's national team have done very well to get her. I, I couldn't see, with, this, with their previous manager going, I couldn't really see any big name out there that could, you know, that was the best name. That could, I can't think of another manager better than her. I mean, Gareth Taylor, maybe. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was a low blow. I can't think of any manager above Emma Hayes that the US could have gone for to take up that role. So good luck, Emma Hayes. Um, obviously, we don't wish you luck for this season, but best of luck for your future endeavours um, with the US women's national team. Uh, in other news, uh, there, were no, there were no big games for Arsenal this week, sadly. No Conti Cup. However, there is a little, I don't know if you're aware of this, there's this little sort of smaller competition for the teams that um, unluckily didn't qualify for the Conti Cup group stage. Um, only a few teams get to compete in this. It's called, um, I think it's called the Champions League. Um, and Chelsea were one of those teams that sadly didn't qualify uh, for the Conti Cup. So they've got to play this other competition instead. Um, Matt, uh, any games catch your eye um, over, the, over the midweek? Yes, I managed to watch Rosengard play. Uh, uh, I'm going to have to remember that. Eintracht, Eintracht. Eintracht Frank, Frankfurt. And then I also decided to watch the uh, Barcelona Benfica game, but I sort of gave up on that one because it was sort of inevitable when it came to half time. They were three, uh, 2 1 out of 2 0 up at half time. Yeah, they think that was the one that finished. I think five. I think um, five nil. Yeah, five nil. And Leon won nine uh, nine nil. And uh, should say that disappointingly, Paris FC lost um, their game, which I think was, I think was two nil to Hack. I think it was in the end. Um, two one. Two one. Sorry, two one. My mistake. Um, but yes, Chelsea were in it. They were away at Real Madrid, and um, it was a game not without controversy. Finished two all, but Emma Hayes. Um, 
wasn't happy with some of the refereeing decisions. Um, I think you've now had a chance to see some of them, Matt. Yeah. Does she have a point? <laughs> I, th- I, th- I, th- I think I'm just feeling like I'm over and over talking about this because it's some some of the referees are brilliant in some games and some referees on, but they have their ups and downs. It's just one of those looking at the stills that I've seen um, of one of the one of the instances. It does look like. I can understand why it was given as offside, but they've got uh, VAR in that. No, they don't. They don't have VAR at the group oh, stage. Oh, no, it's not until the, yeah, the thing, that, is it? And that's that's the thing. That's the why it seems a bit unfair that you've got it in the knockout stage, not in the group stage. Yeah. Well, if you do think about it, you've got teams in there that have very small stadiums, the likes of Holton. Um, I probably wouldn't say Hacken. Hacken got quite a huge stadium, about 15,000, mm. I think. But there are stadiums that are quite small and they can't ha- handle them because they don't have a backup as much as a, a PSG, a Lyon, uh, Juventus, if they're over there, Wolfsburg as well, etc. Um, but yeah, the, just the refereeing standard just goes to show you it's not just across England that, that is terrible. There are mm. other leagues and other nationalities that are having the same problems with the referees and it's about time that Either you forget them all together to try and like figure out a pathway or how to make sure that the referees that refereeing and the refereeing standards are a bit higher because mm. at times it, I think I think the best example I could probably give is at the World Cup the refereeing at times was spot on and then other times you're thinking oh that's a bit dodgy so there were a the few Lauren weird James, calls yeah, yeah like the Lauren James red card that. 100% you can give that yeah. that's fine the great refereeing I got, I got, I'm struggling with a, with one problem with the world there's a weird one with Daly I remember when Daly got set brought down the box and it looked like a clear penalty and uh, then Vars, yes and, and then Vars said oh no it's not a penalty and I was like isn't it I, I, I couldn't see why there was a foul in the build up or something <laughs> like that wasn't it it's a really strange one but yeah I, I, it's, it's just the standards need to be so much higher at the moment we're not we're not semi-professional anymore. A lot of these yeah. leagues are now going full-time professional. And if you've got refereeing standards that are there and the league's there, then uh, for the got to do listeners, basically just imagine like there's a couple of steps and uh, you're on semi-private, which is like middle ground, well, lower to mid-ground. And then you've got professional, which is higher up. And you've got a lot of these players struggling at the moment. It's just it's a real shame. Yeah, I apologise if you did get a sharp blast in your ear. That's because I had a, a coughing fit and I didn't quite get the read mic up in time. So apologies for your ears. Um, but no, I, I agree. I mean, the ref, the refereeing sort of question, the, the, we're in a u- unique situation with women's football is that we haven't gone full implementation of VAR. And there are a lot of people who like women's football because there is no VAR. And I think with the men's, and I'm, I'm saying to a friend on Twitter, I'm pro VAR. I like VAR. I, I've watched other sports. I think it's great and I think it adds to the game. But I think that until you get your officials to a high enough standard, having VAR doesn't actually make things better. And if you've seen the men's football, that's it's actually made certain situations worse. Um, I think with women's football, we're at a point where we cannot, we don't have to make that same mistake. And I'm, I want to get, the, there are good, there are good referees. In women's mm. football, let's, let's, let's not tar them all with the same brush. No. There, there are very good referees, and you say with the World Cup, 
plenty of referees. You know, you, you if you, they always say if you don't notice the referee, then they've done a good job. And most of the, I didn't really notice the referee most of the games. Only really when they made a big sort of VAR announcement. And I would say 80 percent, 80. I'll go, yeah, yeah, that's probably fair. Um, so I I would hold off big VAR implementation of women's football um, until we can get our, you know the ref these referees trained as good as they can be and I know they can be they can be good referees um, and I, you know, I think that's the line we should draw first um, just to quickly run through the scores for those of you who um, missed the, uh, the the weekend the weeks worth of uh, football uh, Bayern Munich uh, or Bayern Munich ladies uh, went 2-0 up against uh, Roma at half time uh, drew 2 all. so Good, uh, good result for Roma. Um, after a sterling contest uh, competition uh, last time out in the campaign, they're back and they've got the first points on the board. Ajax women have beaten PSG. Uh, one, I think, is, I think is actually hosted at the Johan Cruyff Arena. So fair play to yeah. Ajax. So PSG, I think, would have been one of the strong contenders. Obviously beat Man United in the playoff. Um, off to a losing start there. Uh, Paris FC, as you mentioned, Matt, lost uh, 2-1 to Hacken women. Bit of a shock that because I thought Hacken would be the team everybody would beat basically and obviously Paris as we know um beat uh beat Wolfsburg and some team from North London um to get there um I thought they were going to win that one they've lost it so that's a bit interesting Real Madrid Chelsea we've spoken about um Carmona got a brace uh, it was Neem Charles and Kerr with the other two goals and it was Charles who had a le- very late goal um questionably disallowed and yeah the penalty yeah Fleming's father from outside the box it it, it was a it was a poor night. I still expect Chelsea to get through the group because that's the away game in Real Madrid. And considering the, the, the teams they have got in Paris FC and Hacken, I expect Chelsea to get out of the group regardless, unless something biblical happens. So we'll see what happens there. In other news, uh, as you mentioned, you watched the Eintracht game, Eintracht that beat Rosengar 2-1. Barcelona 5-0 Benfica, which is a bit of a shame because Benfica had Barcelona last time out, where our, our very own number 24, Lacasse, was playing for them back then. Um, I was hoping they would do a bit better, but no, 5-0 battering. Uh, Brand women versus St. Poulton, Brand 1-2-1. And, of course, Leon Femino, which I mentioned earlier, beat Slavia Prague. 9-0, Slavia again getting battered in Europe. It's, we're kind of used to it by now. You think back to Miedemar scoring, you know, hat-tricks and four mm-hmm. goals against him and stuff. It does happen a lot, sadly. Um, just before we move away from Europe and move on to the, um, the, the upcoming Brighton game, I just want to leave... I've got a question. Mark Skinner spoke about the, the fact that, oh, it's not fair that, that big teams aren't now qualifying. I, I say in inverted commas, big teams like Wolfsburg and Juventus and Arsenal aren't qualifying into the Champions League because of the, the qualifications in the playoff system. Do you think the competition this year is going to be weaker or has been detrimented by um what we've seen with the, the the timing of the qualifiers and the fact that they are um the high proportion of big names um have sadly fallen by the wayside i would have to say yes and that's not down to like teams that deserving it or not deserving it then it would have been nice to see um uefa come up with a plan a or plan b to to maybe say like uh not like a like a, an additional way of getting into the champions league say if you fall out of the playoffs because essentially if you fall at the first hurdle that's it mm, yeah there's no europa league there's no conference league 
And on top of this, you also look at in the next couple of years, the, the group stage will be gone completely. And then basically it's going to be, I think in the expansion, they're going to, it's going to be similar to the men's next year where oh, I, I, plays I don't know about this. games. This has been reported, reportedly, allegedly. Swiss, the Swiss model. Yeah, so everyone yeah. plays some. Well, not everyone, but you get eight eight games, and if you if you win all eight, essentially you're you go through without a buy, almost like a buy into the knockout stages, and then the rest play like a mini playoff, which I don't I understand. I don't really see the logic in that when there's an opportunity for to say right, okay, we've got twenty four at the moment. Let's expand it to uh, not. I think if not not the whole th- uh, thirty-two yet because it'll be too much. Maybe another two groups that be mm-hmm. another eight teams. That then gives the opportunity for not just the Juventus, Wolfsburgs, and everyone else that missed out in Europe, but an opportunity for them to go right. Okay, well, there's other uh, other teams in there that are uh, that you look at and go. There's not there's eight more opportunities there that can go into the group. So. So um, it, it's, it's worth exploring, but I I don't understand the uh, where where the stance from UEFA is at the moment. Is it more integrated towards the money side of things, or I I would think money. I think it, the only way you're going to be able to motivate change is if you, if you can make a monetary case. If UEFA realise they can make more money out of something, um, I think it, I think Miguel says a lot when you think the likes of DAZN have had to put uh, they were going to put these games behind a paywall. Um, they're now doing them for free again. Yeah, that was um, down to fan backlash, wasn't it? <laughs> fa- well, there was a lot of fan backlash to begin with, but I imagine not many people, a lot of people go to the zone for the Champions League. Yes, there are those who follow, obviously, the the, the, the women's football uh, in Spain and, and other leagues and so forth, mm. but the Champions League is is the big money spinner. And if your team's not in the Champions League, there's no reason to watch it. So that's not- the other dent, isn't it? Essentially, you've lost about three or four different decent teams, and that's what's cost them... You've lost. You've lost German. You've got. You lost a strong German support. You've lost two English teams. You've lost Italian team. Um, yeah, you've lost a, a big chunk of what your um, subscriber um, pool would be. Um, but yes, one to keep an eye on. I do think the competition should be expanded. Um, but how that looks, I don't know. Um, but I do think it's it is a competition that is rapidly gaining traction, especially with obviously the coverage it gets now. Um, and UEFA would be unwise to sleep on it and uh, not build upon the reforms a bit in, um, I think it was two seasons ago now, when they yeah. shook up the competition for the better. Um, I do think it needs to go up another gear. So um, hopefully something can happen then. Now, enough about European games. Let's talk about the WSL. And of course, Brighton. Brighton now. Uh, Arsenal travel to Brighton Sunday. Uh, very intrigued to see how this one goes, to steal the phrase from Matt yet again. Brighton, last five games, only one win. Only one win in the last five games, and that was away at Man City. Three losses and a draw. So it's a bit of a curious one that they've lost to West Ham Spurs and Chelsea, but then drew with Man United and beat Man City. Um, Matt, have you had a chance to catch an eye on Brighton so far this season? No, but when you look across the leagues, you always see that the results and things and you go oh okay but but they've really started this season um unfairly well but they've sort of seemed to slowly get back into it 
now, which is good to see. And if I'm honest, um, I'm sorry, my mind's been blinking on the manager, but since she came in and... Melissa Phillips. Thank you. (laughs) Since she's come in in January, she has done really well with that squad Mm. and bringing in some top talent in... uh, uh, Vicky Lasaza and yep. uh, Sophia Bagley as well, a bit in in goal. Well, we're going to come on to those in a bit. <laughs> but they're, they're, she's building the squad, and she basically went with. Well, let's see how how we do with this squad at the beginning. She didn't really bring anyone new into the club in January. She set aside right in the summer. We're going to kick on, and sometimes it takes a while for these teams to get get points yes. awards. Uh, the the Villas the. Bristol's etc they've all got eventually finally got themselves on board and it just makes it a lot more easier um not easier um per se I was gonna say it makes it a lot more interesting (laughs) trying to avoid the word but yeah interesting (laughs) essentially now you've got teams that you don't expect to be at the bottom at the bottom and you've got teams that are you would expect to be like middle or low middle now sort of pushing at the moment for i mean on that topic i'm surprised everton are so low down on the table i that, i just i did i slipped was, down and said they're, they're 10th i mean i didn't realize that was the case that was um, down to injuries at the moment but yeah. they're slowly working their way out back up again you mentioned melissa phillips i believe she came in i think it was march um this year so they had um hope pal in charge um again i said it before i say it again legend of the game um, was sacked. I think it was straight after eight nil defeat to Spurs. And you know if that happens, I mean, <laughs> um, and they had their interim manager, which was um, Amy Merrick, I believe it was, and then Yen Shur, who came in for about a few games, and then they got rid of him. He got rid of them. Uh, Amy back in, and then went to uh, Melissa Phillips. And they only won four games last season. Two of them against West Ham. Uh, one of them was that thrilling five four away uh, at West Ham and the other two teams. Actually, quick question, Matt, that's for you. What other two teams did uh, Brighton beat? Have a stab. Um, I was going to say Reading. Yep, that's an easy one. Yep. I'd imagine Leicester. No, Everton. Uh, um, <laughs> they they the only four uh, teams. Was it, was it Everton last day of the season? Uh, no, but it was oh, Everton. Was, they, beat, uh, yeah, they beat them at, at home. Hall Park. Yeah. They lost, they must have lost that one at Waterhall. They won the uh, the game at Crawley. Yeah. So they obviously weren't too great last season. Finished second bottom, um, just above Reading. But it looks like the the team it's given this sort of the, the 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 management a bit of a sort of mental sort of shake, because I've always Brighton's always been a setup I respect a lot. Um, mainly from the men's side, done a lot of good stuff to get the team up to not just Premier League, but to sustain being a Premier League team from not just being regular relegation uh, battle avoiders to now being a European team. Yeah, they've done great stuff with them in Deserby. So I look at their women's team um, and it looks like they've really gone for it this summer, as you mentioned. So I just want to go through some of the players they've brought in. Um, uh, Pauline Bremer, um, who we all remember from that Wolfsburg game, uh, tapping in at the back post after mm. lots of sad error. Uh, Vicky Lasada, who we all remember as a former Arsenal midfielder in 2016, uh, like Pauline Bremer, also ex-Man City. Uh, and Thoris Dossier, who we all remember as that player who scored the late winner for Chelsea against Arsenal in 20, uh, 2019. Yeah, they've got a bit of Arsenal good and bad heritage, some of these players. Um, but recently at Man United, now come over to Chelsea. Also within their ranks is, of course, Katie Robinson. Um, a very promising youth product. Um, you've seen a fair bit of Matt. 
Um, mm. Any good? <laughs> she been good, good stuff, you reckon? So just to put it uh, on there at the moment, she's only she hasn't scored this season. She's only got two assists. Mm. England regular at the moment. Um, she always seems to be off the bench, like eighty-five minutes. Is oh, and here comes Katie Robinson, who's always the last one. Off yeah, the yeah. I I think it's just she's still quite raw, and that's kind of the cause for concern for maybe both Brighton. Well, she plays more minutes for Brighton than she does for England, but um, just for me, I don't think she's a hundred percent England level yet. Um, and considering that Serena picks like four or five players, and then Goes right. Okay, I'm only going to make three subs, or I'll make four subs, and then that's it. All mm. game. It, it it just feels like a bit of a waste to have someone like her on the on the bench and not mm. even u- utilize her in any of the games. Um, but that's a personal opinion, and that's not a strange thing. It's probably helping her in the long term as well, being that having that access to the Champions League footballers of uh, Beth Mead and people like that. But then again. If Beth gets into the England squad, I don't think Katie Robinson is there. That's true. That's true. But I would say if she's yeah, if she's playing along if she's for Brighton, if she's playing with Pauline Bremer and Vicky Lasada, the experience she's going to get of playing with them. I mean that that's that's got to elevate Brighton. And elevating seems to be what Brighton doing at the moment. They've got a terrific um two all draw with Manchester United. Um in their last home game. Uh, Turland with a first half goal, Toon with a screamer. Worth watching back if you can. Uh, Bergs fan thought she got the winner in the 85th minute, but of course, Rachel Williams, who else? Uh, added time, back post, corner, bundled it in, two or draw, brilliant game. Uh, interesting to look at the stats. Um, very, it's both teams have seven shots on target, but Man United did have more efforts. They had more possession, a greater XG. Um, the next game against Man City is actually even worse. So, Man City lost that game 1-0. It was Lee, who I thought was terrific in the Man United game, with a late winner, tapping at the back post. Bit of a smash and grab because it was uh, 35 shots, Man City's, to Brighton's six, and 13 on target to Brighton's three. Man City dominated possession, dominated the XG, um, but Brighton, defensively disciplined, got the uh, got the win. Um, Matt, we've struggled with low blocks so far this season. Should we be worried? I think that if anything, we're going to we we'll find a way. Uh, essentially, the game last week was a good. Uh, well, I thought both Leicester were playing a high line instead of a low block. It was great to see that we were do, doing really well. Like consider in that second half, you take the first half away because they essentially Leicester should have had could have potentially had made it a lot worse than they did but they decided to just go in at half time and try and see out the rest of the game and just they got undone so easily and forgot how to defend (laughs) yeah and just going just going back to the to the United game I do remember watching it live and at that moment in time when you think that Brighton have got that second goal you think that right that's it game over and then United come back with in the last minute again with Rachel Williams scoring that header at the last and the last post. Uh, sorry, the back post even. It is it is one of those ones where you think, yeah, they have that even if they're in that low block, they have their moments of uh insecurity. And I think what will be key here 
is who Jonas starts in attack and who he come who asks going that into the uh, who he's going to come on around that 60th gonna, minute. That's one of my questions that's going to come up. Um, the Brighton game, I was gonna, good thing you mentioned it. So after Toon scored to make it one all, I thought at that moment it was going to be all Man United pushing on for the win. They had the momentum. What I saw was suddenly Brighton come alive and absolutely pepper uh, Man United's goal. Mario has made some brilliant saves. They hit the woodwork that, um, and it looked like, oh, crikey, now Brighton got the, the momentum. Brighton get the goal. And then the, it seemed to sort of stop. And then suddenly Man United were the ones doing all the attacking. And I think you're right. Brighton made a mistake at 2-1 up of thinking, right, we're going to sit deep here. We're going to sit deep and we're going to try and ride out that result. And that's always a gamble. It's always a gamble, especially with a team with the attacking talent that Man United have. And they could only last to about 98 minutes. And Williams got a uh, equaliser. Oh, equaliser. And then we go to the Man City game. They get a late winner and they did the same thing. Now, as we know, Man City's attack um, is not as... Um, efficient shall we say as Man United um but I did still worry with them thinking they're going to make the same mistake here they're going to sit deep and they're going to get you know turned over they did get very lucky I think Man City hit the woodwork right at the end but they got away with it um big three points for them I'm very intrigued to see and I'm going to have stolen that phrase from you again <laughs> I, it's, a, it's a good turn of phrase I need to find an alternative word um how Arsenal are going to set up as you're saying in, in attack so Traditionally, we start with Bruce as a striker, but then we'll bring Steena off the bench. What we saw in Leicester was sort of Russo and Steena working in tandem. Mm. Is that a setup we could play from the start, or do you think that is a setup with like maybe Russo as 10, Steena as a forward? Could that be how we start, or do you reckon that's how we'll likely finish? I would probably say at the moment, Steena's in the better form, so I'd imagine Steena would probably start. Um, depending on how Vib's feeling, because she said that she had a bit of a niggle in the warm-up against Leicester. So she, that's the reason why she didn't come on. And that was probably one of the reasons why Alessia was pushed into the attacking midfielder role, which she did really well in. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it, if Jonas gives it a go, whether it's in this game, I'm not too sure. I would probably imagine, if he, if anything, he was probably going to do it at one of the Meadow Park games. Mm. Um yeah, I don't think he'll try it against, say, a Chelsea or a Tottenham or no. uh, United. Um, but, yeah, essentially, effectively, that last, as, as soon as he made those change, changes, it was a 4-2-4, mm. if you think about it. But I, I think we found some players that found some form, so it's important to keep them going. So if we're going on the front three, I'd probably go Steena. Uh, yeah, Steena, Caitlin, and Bowie, mm. and then I'll probably have Vic to start in the in the central midfield. Take Frieda off because she is. Well, this is a follow up question. Actually, is 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 do we drop Frieda for this one? Have have we given her enough chances? Do we have to say, "I'm sorry, Frieda, you just you're just not on form like you were last season." We put a, a Russo or or even a Viv in that in that position, or maybe move Kim there and pull over in the. Uh, in the six I, th- I think no matter what we got we put essentially what you could do is you could have both Viv and Kim swapping over because they both can do that sort of job um whether or not they they are going to be on that but I th- for Frida I think it's okay I don't know what's I, I seriously still believe that uh Hengarisa has 
mentally scarred. Well, we say we say this all the time, don't we? We say that yeah. th- that Frieda is suffering a bit from having being managed under under Hegarisa for for a few games over the World Cup. Um, there's no doubt that she's not come back the same player. Um, the way that the World Cup went for Norway wasn't great. Um, and Hegarisa is not a great manager, as we've discussed with England, TGB, and now Norway. Um, but that can only last for so long. At some point, Frieda's got to find some form. Um, but I do agree. I think this is again. I think the I think um, in Asia January come- when she comes back after a long break, she'll be able to recover. And I imagine come the game at, against uh, Everton at Meadow Park, she she's going to be a different player than she what we're seeing at the moment. Brighton away was obviously last season. We got a clean sheet. So our last clean sheet in the WSL since we haven't managed one since that game um, in the WSL. Um, can you see us getting one this time around? I hope so. And it feels more like the more the season drags on and we haven't got that clean sheet, the more you start sort of worry towards the games against the likes of United, Chelsea. Um, City away because we know City away is going to be a difficult game. We haven't won there for a long time. Twenty seventeen. There you go. There's your favourite stat. Um, even Chelsea away, it, it, there's no guarantee that you can get a clean sheet against Chelsea at, away. I mean, the last time we did it was in the, in our title run two years ago, and that was nil yeah. nil. Yeah. And either way, that day we could have quite easily won that game, or they could have quite easily won it. I think the latter, but it was a stonking game nonetheless. Um, no, we, I don't think we've got, don't think we've got Chelsea away into the new year. I think we've got... Yeah, Sam, that's Stamford yeah. Bridge in March. Stamford we're, Bridge. We're playing at home in Dece- on December. So yeah. at the should end... Just, should just say on that one, while we talk about Chelsea, uh, 45,000 sold already. Um, if you haven't got a ticket, do try and get one because we are trying to sell this one out like we did with Wolfsburg and that would be pretty awesome. Um I hope we can get clean sheet against against Brighton because it's becoming a monkey on our backs that we do need to shake off. Um, it's, it's becoming it's becoming a narrative, and it's yeah. getting a bit ridiculous now. Um, yeah, we, it's also a worry. It's going to play on the back of minds of, of the defenders and goalkeepers altogether. But just it, quickly it, on attendances, yeah. the Southampton sales have gone through at the moment thanks to Brian uh, from the supporters club. He's been keeping in touch with them. They've got just gone over ten thousand, which will be a record sale. So you've got your ticket as well. I've, I've got, got my, my ticket. I've got for, my for, ticket. For listeners, I have just holding up my <laughs> Arsenal away. It came in the post um, today, and I was like, "What's this? What's this mysterious envelope?" And it was Arsenal branded. And I think I, what, I completely forgot because I thought the tickets would come to me from the South from Southampton FC, yeah. and I was like, "Ooh, it comes in a pouch." Everything, how very grand. Yeah. So no, massive thanks for that. Can't wait for that game, Southampton away. It's going to be good fun. Um, yeah, no, Southampton. Good that we got the. Is it, did you say it was a sellout? Was it the, our yeah, allocation? At the moment, it's. I, I think we're we're sold out in our allocations. I think we were given something. I think maybe a thousand, maybe even a little bit more. But for them, to, it will be a record attendance at the moment. It's yeah, just over that ten thousand mark. If people can push a little bit more, then obviously it will be only Southampton end. But doesn't stop you from going and sending. It's going to be a I good game. Good. I think it's going to be a great occasion that the Southampton game. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, sorry, as you're saying with with the Brighton, um, the clean and the clean sheets, we're sort of going wild off topic. Yeah. Now. Um, yes, we need to get clean sheets. I mean, like I think back to the, the Bristol City game, we conceded with the only shot yeah. on target they had. They they scored for Leicester City. They had two shots on target, and we conceded from both of them. Mm. 
and it's 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 getting sort of ridiculous now that we 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 are limiting teams to very few chances, but they are converting them. Um, one hopes is something that is going to come out of our system, and if we get a clean sheet at Brighton, then we can get right. That's it. Fine. We you know draw a line, move on. I think this is going to be a game of patience. I think Brighton are going to be. Against Man City, they sat deep into the low block, and that's what I'd expect them to do because that's what I'm used to Brighton doing. But against Man United, they didn't do that. They actually engaged Man United. They pushed up. They pressed them into mistakes. It was very awkward for Man United to uh, progress them. Well, the only time they really got joy is when Brighton decided we're going to sit deep and try and ride the result out, and that's when the game turned. So I think, you know what, I think Brighton might actually... I think they might actually come for us. I think they might push on us a bit like Leicester did. And that might give us the advantage, providing we don't have a rubbish first half. If Jonas works out how to bypass the press like we did in the second half against Leicester City, there's the potential to get some real joy. When you think of the counter-attacks we have with Rousseau and Ford and Pulover, Lacasse with her pace. So it's all about us getting it right, not from minute 45, but from minute one and engaging the team um, and, and Winning our jewels, as Arteta would say, you know, when you lose a jewel, you're upset. Winning those jewels, and and you know, winning the 50-50s, getting the not only getting the ball in their half, but being proactive with it. You know, not just passing it around and doing ball retention exercises like a certain side from Manchester like to do, rather than scoring. Um, then actually, you know, being direct with the ball. Just a quick shout out. Did, I don't know if you've seen. Did you see the comments Jewel Rod made? About yes, Man City, I have. Mm. Yes, just if you can go and if you're, they're on Twitter, so I think Sky Sports shared them out. She just compares the football that they play in Germany to the football they play at Man City. Worth having a read. Um, basically saying that Germany it's all about winning, and Man City it's all about keeping the ball. Mm. Uh, Wolfsburg, rather. Sorry, not Joe mm. Wolfsburg, but yeah, same. Yeah, the German league is all about winning. Um, so I think I think there's a good chance for Arsenal if they if they're passive if they're you know like the first half against Matt, uh, Leicester, then they let they, you know let Matt Brighton hem them in like Leicester did, um, they'll be in trouble. But I think um, I think we can win and make it and that'll be five wins in a row in the league, which would be massive. Um, so moving on to some team predictions then. So Matt, how are we going to line up? Oh, um, I keep on saying I want uh, Sabrina and goal for for things like this, but I think this one. Every, I'm, every time we say we want Sabrina and goal, Manu goes in goal. I, th- I I genuinely think this is a Manu game because of they'll they'll try and press from the front, and Manu will come out and be like an eleventh um, player on the field on the on uh, on outfield player instead of not just a. On just um just the goalkeeper like Sabrina is um I th- I think I think this is the minor game but if if Sabrina goes in goal fair play I'm not gonna be against that because we've got two really good goalkeepers and they're both gonna they'll have a really good to- good game no matter what against uh I nearly said Bristol then Brighton <laughs> uh left back I'd imagine. You're gonna oh, left back. See, that's that's the other thing as well because Katie's now playing on the right side, isn't she? Yeah. So, but she, 
good point actually. I'll raise this question to you because we're going to talk about the fullbacks. Should Noel Maritz be worried that she's been ousted by a left back? I don't think so. I think she knows. I think she's she's got. She realizes that things haven't come about the way that she would have wanted. I know she signed a new contract and everything, but I just have a feeling this is her last sort of, sort of season with us. No, I have nothing against her, but I imagine that she will probably want to go back towards Switzerland, so maybe she might go back to Germany. But at this moment, as consistent as she is, and she's she's a great player, don't get me wrong, it's just I don't think things have come to plan. She would have liked to have gone and win a, won a title. I don't think... Uh, she, and she would have wanted to win more than just the Conti Cup in the end at the end of her career. So hopefully we are able mm. to give her something back. But I think it's I think the Marit situation is interesting because she obviously lost her place last season to Wienreuter mm. and then sort of wrestled it back from her in the second half of the season. And obviously Wienreuter got injured. She probably thought, oh well, I've got a clear run at right back. And then because of the, we've got so many good left-sided players, Jonas has thought to basically crow Barmakabim. Yeah, as a right back at the expense of a writ. So yeah, very interesting to watch that one. Um, so so you were saying left back. Yeah, left back. That's that's the problem, isn't it? It's, it's either you put Steph there or you put Casey there. Uh, I'd probably say you want Steph there for this one, mm. uh, which for them probably means you're moving Casey to the right. Then it's about that midfield again. It, oh, centre. Yeah, in the centre. You imagine it would be Lotta, and depending on Leia's condition, I would probably imagine Amanda is currently first choice mm. out of the remaining. We Jen wasn't on the bench last week, so I imagine she yeah. was resting. Well, Leia she had a minor, was, Leia had a minor complaint, didn't they? Her, Kim, and Levelti uh, said they, you know, said that minor, a minor complaint issue. Yeah. So hopefully it's cleared up. Yeah, so fingers crossed they're all well. I'm just hoping that it was like something like a stomach bug or something like that so yeah so that they could get her over with and maybe they were isolating at home and watching the game but um hopefully they're back training (laughs) but then again in in the video you did see jen actually training so well introducing alessia so yeah well we don't know when that was filmed do we they could have been that's true i did i did like that touch i must admit i did i mean talking to players that should be on it i think yen Beatty would be a very interesting carpool um Um, contestant other contestant rider guest yeah. i think she'll have a yes. lot of, with her experience she'd have a lot of stuff she'd be able to tell i think that would be interesting yeah. um so you're saying back for you're going catley lotter Innistead, and, and mccabe yeah i i think the same and i think at the moment lotter and amanda look like they're they look like they're more in tune yeah than they were the qualifiers and i think if that's the case stick with it Stick with it and let them build and let them build that partnership together because you don't want to don't break it up now. Keep it ticking over. And if you've got Kadena and she's still not fully fit, have on the bench. You can go off the bench as an option and, and, and work a bit more game time into it. But I think at the moment it looks like to be Lotta and Amanda. And that looks to be fine at the moment. And we need Lotta to be on her game because she had a very good game at Leicester. Thinking back to that, that tackle, uh, that interception at nil-nil. Brilliant bit of defending. When you see that again, um, I'm going to throw a curveball. I'm going to go for Sabrina in goal. You haven't seen much of her. Jonas might think long ball beyond the press. So I'm going to guess to bring for this one. Now the midfield depends if our midfield duo have shaken off their complaints, injuries. If they have, 
I think he'll revert back and he'll put Velti. Now, what I would I would like to see Palova given a crack at ten. Um, that's the position she played with at Ajax. I don't think he would. I think he will play. I'll, if you're going to play Palova, it'll be at six. So I'm going to be expecting Velti Palova, and I think Frida needs to be dropped to the bench. And I think Kim Little needs to start. And I think it's just it's just whether is Mead fit enough to start. I don't miss her game. But then do you then take out Lacasse because she's, well, A, firstly, she's got a really good chart that's going to get an airing. Um, <laughs> and secondly, she's actually on form because, you know, she's scored against Leicester and has looked very sharp in, in, in the games. Um, do you think it would be fair to keep still keep Mead on the bench? I think it is important to keep her on the bench and give her those minutes. The fact that I think at the moment, um, Apart from the game against Bristol, where she did come alive, and again she hit the post, and then towards the end of the Leicester game she hit the post as well. She she's been relatively quiet in the Conti Cup game against Bristol. Uh, I, I, I did, think this uh, set up Marna's Frida's goal. We should just say she yeah. did get she did get an assist. She did, she she's she's doing well, but she's not the Mido of old. I know it's going to take a while for that to happen. So I'd rather keep her on the bench for now. And that would be more of worry for like the last 20 minutes that um, for the opposition. Just a quick yes or no. Do you think she'll be ready for the Chelsea game? I would imagine so, yes. Because we know she loves a goal against Chelsea. She really loves a goal against Chelsea. So yeah. She is our, our weapon of choice. So hopefully, I think you're right. I think we, we shouldn't rush her back. And I think the beauty is yeah. we, don't need to, we don't need to rush her back. We don't need to rush the, her back because that's been the great thing about Viv as well. I haven't rushed yeah. her back. She's gotten the moments, minutes mm. slowly, and she's not bothered about when she gets on. When she gets on, she get she gets on. Do you think? Do you think they'll both get minutes? I would imagine so. Yes, I think Viv will probably come on around the 80th minute. Beth will probably come on around that 60th minute. Um, the other option is Chloe could actually play left or up front. Well, yes. Well. If, I mean, if you play FIFA, it does show Cola <laughs> Cass as a left winger. So she has got that. She's a bit flexible, and she can she can play both wings. Um, so you could play maybe Mead on the right and the Cass on the left. Um, but then, because Caitlin did, did really well in that Leicester game. I mean, that finish. I mean, you know, that that finish she got, and, and the the pass to send um, the Cass away in in, in the first mm. place. Does but this is the thing then? I said I said um, playing Kim Little and Belty. You know, if they if they're fit, they should come back in. But yeah. Is it not a case that maybe we should maybe keep Kyra in the midfield and, and maybe drop Leah Velti? Give Kyra more minutes on the ball because she did she did so in that second half against Leicester, she was so good. Could we maybe think this is why we brought them in, so we can rest, extensively rest the likes of yeah. Little and Velti. Would it be unfair if we if we took Kyra out after two good games on the trot? I don't think so, no. And this is we've all been calling for more players that were able to step up when needed to uh you go back to last season with the amount of injuries that we had we had basically academy players on the bench and that's nothing against Leah Harbour Michelle yeah. Agaman uh Casey Reid as well they're all players that are now going out and getting more experience on a dual loan so there's nothing um against them going out getting and we bring in these big names because they're going to bring in the experience when they come back yeah. I think that 
having Kyra there, the fact that she can play both as a defensive midfielder or she can also be that Kim Little replacement in the future. However, Jonas sees it or whoever the manager might be, maybe Jonas decides that, uh, that he might decide after the whenever that he's had enough and he might, or he might get offered the Sweden job. You never know what's going to happen in the next three years. But mm. I think we have essentially right now we've sorted out our midfield for the future. Mm. Um, I just uh, want to admit, we, we haven't talked about Katrine Molecule. The midfield depth we've got there, it's mm. scary. It really is. I, I do feel a bit sorry for Katrina at the moment because she's getting belly in the minutes and the only time she's getting minutes, Conti Cup. And that's not coming around every, every couple of weeks. It's, it's almost, no. It almost feels like every three weeks they've got a game at mm. the moment. Um, I, I would like to see how he would try and change the team um, to try and fit everyone around and rotate. But... At least he's got that option with the Conti Cup, whereas if it was Champions League, it would always automatically be your Leo Valti, Kim Little, mm. and you, you probably have Frieda Mardem at the moment playing in that role, or Victoria Plover. I I would like to see more. I would. What I think Jonas will pick as a prediction is I think he'll start Russo, and he'll start Klaus on the right, and Ford on the left. He'll start the fit Little and Valti in the two midfield. And you know what? He'll probably start Frieda at ten. That's what he'll probably do. He'll he will probably do that. I'm not saying so he's right. What I would like to see, I'd like to see the um, Cooney Cross given another crack in in the pivot, and I'd like to see her alongside Palova with Kim at the ten. But the idea that, that Kim and Palova could interchange, they could swap around in the midfield. So you could have Palova make four darts, and Kim could maybe retreat back into the pivot, or vice versa, depending on the situation. And then yeah, so I would start. I would I would like to see. Russo start with Lacasse right, Ford left, a midfield three of Little, Palova and Cooney Cross, and then the four of Lotta, Illestead, um, Catley. Um, and I'm fine with McCabe as a right back for the moment. There is a case that maybe you could put in Moritz and I'll give you a more logical right back. But then you've, the trade-off is, is that you're you're losing McCabe and she's in brilliant form at the moment. So I don't want to lose her. And then, yeah, Sabrina in goal. Um that's why I think Matt. What's so? What's your what's your preferred lineup so to, to summarise? Yeah, I would say Manu in goal for this one. Uh, left back Steph, right back. I think we're in agreement here. Nothing against Noel Moritz. It's going to be Katie McCabe just because Katie's really doing really well so far. Centre back got the partner in of Lotta and Amanda. Then the three midfielders. I would probably go with. If they're fit, Kim Little, Leah Valti, and then Victoria Pulova. Then on the left, I would have Caitlin. On the right, I would have Chloe. And then up front, I'm going to go a bit different. I think Steena's going to come in. So you're going to start Steena and put Roos on the bench? Yeah. Okay. Just going to quickly run through the goal scorers from the, the weekend for Arsenal. Lacasse, Russo, Ford, Pulova, Steena, and Lena Hurtig. We've not even mentioned the idea of Lena Hurtig starting on the left. Um, I know. <laughs> Imagine Lena. I mean, Lena Hurtig starting on the left ahead of Ford. That would be an that'd be an, that'd be an interesting choice. Um, although she's she got, is, she's taller, isn't she? She so she can get to aerial presence. Aerial presence. Of those six, if you were to have guess, who who of those six do you think would likely score again against Brighton? Of those six, 
I would probably um, say Steena. And I would probably, if I had to pick another player, um, well, Victoria scored against Brighton there. So I wouldn't, she did. I, she I did. wouldn't be um, surprised if she did score another one. What was the score last? Was it 4 well, 0? It was 4 0. It was two from Steena. She got like four goals, and I think like. Two or six, or four or six minutes. So that was really like ridiculous. He got two yeah. early goals. Yeah, she scored. She scored within the first couple of minutes, didn't and she? And then she, I think she should have got a hat trick. It was incorrectly yeah. ruled out. And then she just she, she never got that third goal. Um, so maybe we should get a um, uh, a Stina hat trick. That'd be quite nice because she tried so hard in the previous game, didn't get it. Palova scored and drink three. I think Frieda scored from a header. I think there was like a rebound at the end, like but that. yeah. But the Palova, yeah, she got her first Arsenal goal. So I think I think Stina Palova are good shouts. Uh, and best of luck to them and best of luck to the Arsenal. Um, before we wrap up, um, just a quick time to run over all the fixtures and maybe get some, uh, if I can eke out some predictions from uh, from Matt. So firstly, Saturday, 18th of November, uh, Chelsea women versus Liverpool women. Uh, this one you say, this is on the BBC, I believe? Yes, BBC so on the Saturday. Saturday Saturday afternoon, 1.30, there is an international men's break, so there is no excuse um, well, you can't uh, watch this one instead. So, Chelsea women versus Liverpool women. Uh, Chelsea, same form as us in the last five. You know, draw and four wins. Liverpool slightly less so. What are your thoughts? Chelsea are probably going to come out firing. I haven't. I imagine this one will be like a three up, three nil victory. This, uh, this oddly enough, these two fixtures have come about around the same time that the pitches were frozen. Yes, you're right. Because this last, this this time last, yeah, it wasn't this time last year. But I remember when that happened. We had the the Chelsea game was five minutes. I think I played like it was like yeah, they put like special tents, yeah. put tents on the pitch to try and desperately thaw it, and they played five minutes of it, and they're like, nah, mate, it's ridiculous. And then we had the, the legendary uh, our game got cancelled, so lots of bought everyone beers, which was very nice. Uh, Liverpool uh, two wins out of the last five, including a draw against Spurs last time out. I think it'll be three one. I think in the re replayed fixture when they actually played, I think it was two one in the end. I think Liverpool took an early lead and Chelsea got it back. I can't see anything other than Chelsea win. I think it's three one routine. Um, but I'll predict that uh, is, it, is, it, is it Missy Bowkerns there? Yeah. Uh, I think she'll score, but I think Chelsea will win three one. That's my prediction. So you're going for a three nil. I'll go three nil Chelsea. Yeah. Three nil. Okay. So next up, uh, Everton women versus Bristol City women. Obviously, we are a good friend um, on the podcast today talking about Bristol City. They got all the part with three points, but then again, so Villa. So relegation battle still underway. This is another six-pointer. Everton are looming close. I believe if Bristol win this, yeah, if Bristol were to win this, they would go above Everton onto six points. But it is at uh, Walton Hall Park. Yeah. Uh, will you be at this one? No, because I'll be watching the Arsenal game. <laughs> the difference is that is if we were the difference was last week because we were on the late kickoff. Uh, I was able to go to the Everton Chelsea game. Um, they didn't quite set it out. Uh, I think it was just over one and a half thousand there, but still, uh, will be an interesting game. I th- I, th- I think this one's going to be. I think this one's going to be similar to Bristol West Ham, where Bristol nicked it in last minute. I think it's going to be a four-three game, but I think this time. Wow, four-three. I think yeah, Everton might nick. Wow, this one. 
Oh, you think four for Everton? Well, you're really yeah. going for the goals. Okay. <laughs> um, this one's obviously got a lot of personal bias attached to it. Obviously, the Arsenal travel to Brighton, two o'clock kickoff. On this is on the is on the Sundays, Sunday team. This is on Sky Sports. So if you are a Sky Sports subscriber, do tune. I don't know if it's on Sky Showcase or if it's one of these freebie games I'm showing, but it is on Sky Sports. So do be sure to tune in for it. Um, I as Lottie sadly isn't here. Lottie actually can make this one. Um, I'm going to take up her mantle and predict a 3-2 win uh, for Arsenal on her behalf. Uh, Matt? Um, you know what? I'll go a bit higher this week. I'll go 4-1 to Arsenal. Two. Oh, to Arsenal. Glad you clarified that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 4-1 Arsenal. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I mean, I'd love it if we got another 6-2 That because that was so much fun. Um, but yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take that any day. Uh, Leicester. Ooh. Leicester City, three o'clock kickoff. Leicester City at home to Tottenham Hotspur. So Leicester obviously looked very good in the first half, not so great in the second half when they played us. Spurs have been, and it pains me to say it as my throat gets ever tighter, they've been decent this season so far. That's yes, but they've been heavily relying on Martha Thomas getting the goals. That and is true. That's the question. Can you stop Martha Thomas or can you stop the supply to Martha Thomas to stop them from getting amongst the goals? Isn't that a bit Aston Villa relying on Rachel Day last season? It is. But at the same time, you do look at what what's happened at Villa. They've, if you stop the supply to uh, Rachel Daly, they don't really score unless you're Maz Pacquiao that's coming in from a corner and heading <laughs> into the back of the net. Because someone didn't cover the cover the run. Mm. Um, but, but yes, but, uh, so, that less, so this is at the, this will be at the King Power. So as we see with Arsenal, it's a tricky away ground if you're not up to it. Um, I think we got a bit lucky in our second half the way that Leicester imploded, although we were brilliant. I can't see Leicester making the same mistake um, against Spurs. I'm going to go for a draw. I'm going to go for a two-all draw. Oh, I was going to go to. I was thinking two one due to Villa. Oh, no. oh no, this is this is Leicester Spurs. Oh, oh Leicester Spurs. <laughs> okay. In that case, then yeah, let two one Leicester. Two one Leicester. And um, the next one's a Villa game. So West Ham Villa also three o'clock game. West Ham at home to Aston Villa. Um, again, you know West West Ham four points, Villa three points. Another relegation tussle already. Um, or maybe we're, we're going a bit too early on that. Um. West Ham at the moment, form-wise, one win in five. Same with Villa. I'm going for a draw, one all. I'll go with Villa winning 2-0. So you think Villa might be on the up now? I, to be fair, I just have a feeling that something's going to happen because they did really well last week. We should just say Villa have got um, a really good run of fixtures. Obviously, they beat Bristol. They've now got West Ham away. And then they've got Everton at home. Now, if you win those games, you look at Villa, they're flying up the table and leave and Everton and Bristol and West Ham are the ones that they'll you know, drop behind because those are big head-to-head matches. So, yeah, it could well be that Carla Ward might be looking at the team might look a bit more comfortable in a few weeks' time. Um, we'll wait and see. But you're you're going for, sorry, Matt, what was your prediction? West Ham uh, going... Villa yeah. winning to... Uh... Yeah, Philip winning 2-1. Uh, 2-1. Uh, last fixture before we wrap up uh, is the big one. The big fixture of the weekend. It's the half-four game. I think that's also on Sky Sports. And that is 
Manchester United women versus Manchester City women at Old Trafford. Um, I am very, very much looking forward to this. I think this is going to be a brilliant game, a brilliant occasion. Um, two teams who believe, rightly or wrongly, that they should be either winning the WSL or at least competing at the top. As things stand, uh, Man United are 12th. Sorry, 13. <laughs> I wish. I wish. <laughs> I wish. They are third with 12 points, and Manchester City are sixth with 10. Gareth has what lost his last two games. Could this be three in a row? It's at Old Trafford, and mm. they're expecting a a huge crowd. I think it's it's lower than what what I think it's on mm. the 35,000 mark. Uh, so it'll be up there as one of the top five attending WSL matches of all time. They haven't lost at Old Trafford yet. Yeah, and they won their last the, the, the end of last season when it was at the LSV. They beat Manchester City, which was their first ever derby win. I think it was. It was the Garcia, I believe, got the yeah. late winner. I mean, it was a stupid game to watch. I mean, some of the non, just like really. I mean, there were some ridiculous misses. Robot got sent got off. Sent off, yes. And has, has and hasn't played for Man City since. That's another podcast. Where where is oh, Ellie yeah. Robot? Can someone there yeah, put a search warrant out for her? Yeah, you know, someone. Uh-huh. Where is she gone? I yeah so. Man yeah, so what do you think result was in? So Man United are going in this with only two of the last five wins. They've only won two games out of five. But have quite a few draws. Brighton, obviously, and then As and Leicester. Drops a lot of silly points. Um yeah, where do you think this will be a win for, for the red half of Manchester? Or is this gonna be a, a draw? <laughs> I'm I really want United to get that uh, that loss. And mm. Because you, it's going to hear that hear it all of of the undefeated stuff, and it's just kind of cringy. And mm. you can't sooner or later someone's going to they're going to lose one of their games, and it's the same with Chelsea. You want, sooner or later they will, will lose one game. Mm. Uh, if you you don't go undefeated. I don't mean, know. We nearly did, and we nearly. Um, yeah, we lost one I game. think we lost, we lost by a point. Essentially, we lost the title by a point, and essentially yeah. that. Some would may argue lost us the title considering that Chelsea lost two games that yeah, season yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, I digress. I would probably I would like City to win, especially because of, I, that one nil kind of shook them up. So I would hope that they hope hopefully get their shooting boots on at Old Trafford. And I think the experience that Hemp and Kelly have will put them over the line. I I kind of have mixed feelings this one because I like. I want to see Man City stay in the mud and like see the, but I don't want Man City to be so bad that they end up getting rid of Gareth Taylor. It's kind of like the Ted Hag conundrum at Man United that you want like Man United to keep men to keep losing as an Arsenal fan, obviously. You want Man United to keep losing, but then there's a risk of they could lose their nerve like they did of Oli and then sack the manager. You want to keep him in, in it's so that balance between wanting success but then wanting to fail. So, um, whereas of Man United, I do want them to lose. Um, because obviously they are only one point behind us, and if this could be a three-point, you know, but loss against us would be even better. So yeah, I would want on the balance of play, I would want Man City to win. But it's one of these I want both teams to lose, and now the best result from that in that case is a draw, and it's two points lost each. So I'm going to go for a one-all draw. Um, and I think that's yes, that's it 
that's all the fixtures uh, mapped out. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully I'm accurate. I mean, as you we found out two weekends ago, I'm very good at predicting, and then we found out <laughs> last weekend I'm absolutely rubbish. So take do not take our words as gospel. Um, but if there's anything at like or anything greater than exciting the world since last weekend, then we're in for a real treat. So I can't wait for that. Um, but that's it. We're out of time, and my throat is just about to pack in. Um, I want to have a massive thanks to Matt for not only being a fantastic co-host, but for being able to cover for me as I desperately try and uh, <laughs> fix my throat <laughs> off air. Um, I'll, we'll hopefully be back, and hopefully I will be in better form and better health um, after the weekend. We'll pick apart what on earth happened at Crawley, um, good or bad. Uh, but until then, just a quick chance for Matt to say where we can find your social media. So you can find me at MattLR28 or you can find us all on VAW Pods. And if you want to find me um, where I'm tweeting and will hopefully be in better health <laughs> soon um, is at Adam Salter 4. But that's it. That's all the time we have. Another weekend preview done. Looking forward to the Brighton game. Hopefully another win, another three points and um, continue to ch chase down Chelsea. Up the Gunners. Thank you.